How are you guys doing? Uh, this is your boy David on the Life Jacket in the Ocean podcast. Today's a doozy. Today's a doozy. You know, I have not been consistent at all, and I do apologize. But, you know, I had this mindset that I needed to release podcasts when I was in my, like, absolute peak, tip, 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 top shape. And, you know, that is a great proof of why this podcast needs to exist. You know, I always say in the beginning, this is a journey for all of us, me and you, just because I know that I will be delivering things that are, you know, lies does not mean that I don't have flaws. I tell people all the time that I'm not perfect, which is weird because I do get held to a really high standard, but that's neither here nor there. My point is, though, that this is a perfect example of my flaws. I am very much a perfectionist in a way that is halting me from getting things done the way they need to get done. And that's something that I have to face. But for now, all I can do is be honest with the community that I'm trying to build and the people that I talk to and the friends that I have in this world. And I can't make any promises, but I will tell you that I am trying. I am trying to stop making excuses for not dropping content because I actually have so many different video content ideas, reasons, stories, stuff. I actually have some crazy stuff I haven't whipped out. Like, we're not talking like one or two more tricks. We're talking 99% of the tank is still there. So it is what it is. <laughs> well, um, well, um, I wanted to use today to talk about something ironically enough, which is, um, you can't lose that spark, that fire, that dog, that passion. And I think it's very easy to do. I think in the world that we live in, it is incredibly easy to get put in a situation where you're comfortable because you're succeeding. And um, I am super guilty of that. And you know, people are gonna laugh and be like, oh, what is this guy suffering from success? But I think a lot of people don't realize that your success is oftentimes a metric of how much work and effort you put in. But it's so easy to see the work and effort you put in and want to stop putting it in, right? Like you see athletes all the time, world-class athletes, and they like kind of get burned out. And they talk about how like, they just don't have the heart or the drive or the passion anymore. And like, everyone knows what it really means, but people don't get what it really means. Like that dog that got them there, they don't have it anymore. And maybe they'll never find it. And you know, that is life. But as someone who loses that dog in them a lot, I'm making a very conscientious effort to stop doing that because when I lose that dog in me, I don't have the passion that I need for life. I don't have the lust, the wonder. Yeah, I don't have this like insatiable spark that makes me just stream passion, you know, when I'm on the right mode, people look in my eyes and they tell me all the time, like, you're on the deep end. Like, yes, you're right, I am on the deep end. If I'm if I'm feeling like I need to go run at 12 at night, we're gonna put up miles. You're absolutely right. Like, that's the life that I live and that's the life that I want to live. But I haven't been living that life lately. So I wanted to talk to y'all about that. And while I talked to y'all about that, I also wanted to help y'all not fall into that same problem because man, I am super guilty of doing this. Like I am probably a hall of fame um passion loser like i always get it back so i guess i got hall of fame badges on rebounding too but i lose it so much it's like it's so silly even now and my little workout cut 
was going really well. I was like down to like 260. And then I got so comfortable with how I looked, bam, right back up to 290. I mean, I still lost 40 pounds even with going to 290, but like, you, you know, that's crazy. I had lost, you know, 60 pounds, 30, 60, 70 pounds. My body was like looking great. But then my mind, my mind got satisfied with that. And you know, that's the thing about life. It's so easy to get satisfied with stuff like that. So I'm gonna like kind of walk through how I'm dealing with that and hopefully help y'all also walk through how to deal with losing that passion. So a lot of times, right? What gives us our passion? A lot of times it's necessity, right? Oftentimes we are in a situation where we are struggling. We don't have anything where we have to fight for every day, every second, every minute. And that inspires us to keep going because we know, we know we have no other option. We know that if we let it for even a second, society is not going to be kind to us. And so we kind of get a, what I like to call like a fake passion. It's a beautiful, honest passion. It's a noble passion. But I told a friend one time, I was like, when you look at someone who has nothing to lose and everything they gained, and they start at the bottom, they really start with an unfair advantage. And my boy was like, what you mean by that? Cause he was like taken aback because I grew up in a situation like that. So he thought to himself, why would I want to make it seem like I had it better? I'm like, no, not better, not better. But when you're born with everything or not even everything, I think the worst thing, I'm be honest with you. I think the worst place to be is born as a middle-class kid who never really wanted for anything, but didn't quite have everything. I think that is the worst place to be. A lot of my friends who are in that position, they're great people individually, but they are dealing with things that are so consistent between the, all of them that I feel like the only answer is that kind of upbringing. Cause you know, when, when you're given what you need and when you're not pushed, when you're not forced by society to claw up I feel like oftentimes you don't get that hunger. You don't get that like, kind of like that rage that makes you like, I'm not going to just be this for the rest of my life. When you're in that middle class environment, there's no pressure on your heels. There's nothing to lose. Okay, you go to school and you can get a liberal arts degree and your parents aren't gonna care. And you can go make 40,000, 50, 60, 70,000 and that's perfectly fine. And you go find yourself, you know, wife and kids. And there's honestly nothing wrong with that life. I wanna make that clear, this video, this podcast will not be a podcast about dunking on other perspectives, right? Because that is a beautiful life that you can live. That is a happy life that you can live. But when you aren't born in that life and you're looking from the outside in, it's very easy to see why people are satisfied with that. Now you look at people like Floyd Mayweather is a great example. The kid started with nothing from down in the bottom. And, you know, he had such an insatiable attachment to money. And it's so easy to judge and be like, man, Floyd is, you know, he's so vapid. But like at the same time, he had absolutely nothing from the start. So now, so like now he has everything and he earned everything. It wasn't given to him. He earned it. He pulled it. He pulled teeth. He gave blood, sweat and tears. And, you know, Floyd said, you know, he'll be damned if he's not going to act like he earned it. So from that perspective, you have to see where he's coming from. It's not like he was born into that money, but, but that's kind of like the point I'm making. As much as being born in a bad situation is without a doubt a handicap, 
it has advantages and those advantages are the same advantages that i was born with but because my life is actually going really well i find that i lose that dog a lot because i look around and i see where i'm at compared to where i was and it's so easy for my brain to be like dude why are we trying so hard why do we care so much like bro everything is fine and it's like things are fine I do feel happy, I do feel good, I do look nice, I smell nice, I dress nice, I'm eating good, I'm doing my work, my grades are there, but it's like the old me, B minus, B plus, A minus, unacceptable. Look good, you need to look great. You feel good, you need to feel great. You smell good, you need to smell great. And that's the dog that I lose. And my dog's a little bit more extreme than a lot of other people's, so I'm not necessarily saying that you should develop that kind of dog because maybe it's a little overboard for the average person but what i am saying is that if you don't have that kind of mental voice that's telling you to keep going that it can be very hard to make it through life if you're a person chasing dreams and goals and i think a lot of the people that i know and people who are going to hear this podcast they have dreams and goals they want to be artists they want to be rappers they want to be dancers they want to be doctors lawyers physicians they are morticians makeup artists slash locticians last nail techs they want to build their own business ceos they want to be they want to be everything that they could not have as a child and i'm telling you now the most dangerous obstacle is not your competition It is not your environment. It is yourself. I promise you. Coming to school was really hard for me because I did not have a a typical school experience. Now, I am technically a high school dropout, but it wasn't my teachers that made it hard. It wasn't my fellow students that made it hard. Professors heard me out and tried to help me, but I refused to take sympathy, which is something I do regret. You know, students helped me learn how to study, and I do appreciate them. Um, the thing that made it so hard was the fact that I made it hard. I was trying to be obstinate. I was trying to be obtuse. I was trying to be stubborn and bullheaded. I wanted to figure it out on my own, but that's not something you can do. And then when I finally did figure it out on my own, I was obsessed with learning something new. I was obsessed with getting better grades. And But eventually, eventually with that obsession, I became really satisfied because I started getting good grades. And I was like, okay, well, I'm doing that. I'm doing the thing. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like all spinning back to where it's so easy to lose that dog, that spark. Um, Just try not to be satisfied with results. Don't, you know, don't be afraid to pat yourself on the back. Don't be afraid to give yourself credit. Understand what you've been through, where you come from. Um, if you if you try to be too militant, if you try to be too critical, if you never give yourself any props, I promise you that also doesn't work. There needs to be balance, right? You can't become so happy with your accomplishment that you literally forget about what made you start accomplishing them. But you also can't be so hard on yourself that you feel like you're never getting anything right. Um, both are just as dangerous, honestly. Both are definitely just as dangerous. Um, and that's kind of my problem, personally. I don't just do the becoming satisfied with myself. I also do the super hard on myself thing until like, say I'm not happy with my fitness. I will sit down with myself and I'll like, you know, I'll cut out all like luxuries, all happiness, anything like that. And I'll like punish myself every day. 
super hard until it hurts. So I'm puking and vomiting. And then what happens because I do that is that like I get mad of like my own situation. So then when I finally get down to whatever goal I had set from anger, because it came from anger, like my body kind of lashes out. Like I be I become like drunk for the need of like any kind of happiness and joy. So then I overindulge again. Uh, I remember at one point I had gone like two, three months, right? No sex, no masturbation, no drinking, no smoking. I already kind of don't drink or smoke really, but like it, for any time that it did come up, I also didn't. And then I also did like no sweets, no soda. And then like I got to my goal and hyper fast. I'm talking like blazingly went right past it actually. But then when I stopped because I like restricted myself that badly when I finally released that belt on my like metaphorical neck, I super overindulged. I kept telling myself, oh, you earned this, you earned this, you earned this. And so when I like got back into my normal habits, I essentially just regressed. I still made more progress, definitely, but like a good portion of that progress was lost just because of how I got it in the first place. So, you know, it's a cautionary tale I have to be clear because if someone's listening to this, if you're listening to this, right, and you're like, okay, so then I'm going to tighten my belt and I'm going to be militant. That's also not going to work the way you think it is, probably. Um, I can do it because I've done it for so long and so often, but even for me, it had definitely has its consequences. So I would not recommend that path at all. Even right now, I'm actually working on trying to find balance in both getting where I want to be while also still treating myself like a human being. Um, and I know that's super difficult to do, but it's something that we have to do. You have to treat yourself with love and compassion because at the end of the day, you're all you got. You got great friends, man. I got great friends. Shout out my boy E, shout out Chauncey, shout out Josh, shout out Jojo. Shout out my best friend Dom. I got great friends. Shout out Mora. I got great friends. But that doesn't mean that they can atone or account for what you've done. You know what I mean? When your knees hurt because you were too hard on your body, they can't give you their knees, right? Like, that's just what you have now. If you have diabetes because you didn't respect, you know, your body, no one can take that away from you. And that's kind of like what I get at. You can have great friends and they can definitely be there for you emotionally, spiritually, and even mentally sometimes they can hold that burden. But they cannot always be there. And that is something that is so, so, so important to understand because it's so easy to miss that. It's so easy to misunderstand that like that strength that you feel from your friends, that is a strong, permanent well to pull from. But it does not diminish the consequences of what you do in your solidarity. So you have to understand that. Don't go too hard on yourself because, you know, nobody can fix the damages you dealt. But also at the same time, don't be too kind to yourself because at the same exact time, nobody can push you back to where you need to be except yourself, right? Like, even if your best friends care about you to the back ends of the earth, if you slip into some dark, 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 dark place, they can't physically get you out of that. You're going to have to do that yourself. That's going to be your mental battle. And so... While it's good to have a great supporting cast of friends and people around you who love you, don't let it be a crutch. Absolutely do not let it be a crutch. Um, so, you know, there's that. You know, that's the first, I think, two or three things that is really, really important, which is, you know, don't overdo it. Don't underdo it. 
don't forget where you came from. Don't let your friends be a crutch. I mean, those are really important points for the topic. Going from there, I think next up would be, you know, don't leverage, do not leverage your success beside other people. I know it's easy to do, and I know it feels really good to do when you can sit there and say, well, look what I'm doing compared to everybody else. But I promise you, and I mean, I promise you, it's not going to go the way you think it is. Because when you leverage your success compared to everybody else, what happens when you're at the top? What happens when you're at the bottom? When, well, I can answer both because I've been in both situations in groups before. I have played some games. I've gone to tournaments for fighting games. Some people know I've done real life stuff where I've been at the top or bottom of a competition. And let me tell you something. When you're leveraging, when, when, this is assuming you have that dog in you. When you're that dog in you and you're leveraging your success based on everyone that's around you, when you crush them, if you crush them, it's gonna take a lot from you as far as your drive because there's not gonna be competition in sight, right? Like, you kind of see this with uh, really big athletes. They'll talk about when certain people left the league or when certain people stopped playing, like, they felt like they lost a part of themselves even because like the hunger wasn't there. So like Kobe talking about that, about Michael Jordan is a great example. Kobe made it his mission to beat Michael Jordan every time he saw him. When Michael Jordan left, it was like, it was harder to find people who had that mentality, who would sit down and believe that they truly were the greatest. And so Kobe, you know, for a little bit had this rut where he just was like, he was the best and it was just like what was he playing for right but kobe is kobe and so kobe found it in himself to keep playing but you see what i mean it becomes easy when you compare yourself to others to make them kind of a part of your experience your journey it becomes easy to kind of use them as a booster seat for your success and so when they're no longer there that booster seat is gone it's pulled away from you and you're back right down on the ground and then on the flip side, on the flip side, when you're on the bottom, that's even worse. Because when you leverage your success for other people and you're on the bottom, that makes it so easy to give up. I would argue the vast majority of people who give up, give up for the exact reason I'm about to explain. When you're putting your heart and soul into things and it's not enough, that is soul crushing. And oftentimes, admittedly, people are not putting their heart and soul if they're at the bottom. That, that is probably just the truth, right? There are some very competitive environments where that is not true. You can put your heart and soul into something like the World Cup of Soccer or the championships of the NBA and be the worst player there. But the worst player in the championships of the NBA might be one of the best players in the NBA regular season. You see what I'm saying? But my point is though, my point is though, when you're in competition with people, most competition and you're at the bottom, despite the fact that you're probably not putting your all into it, I just wanna be honest about that. I feel like being honest about that is gonna help some people be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, probably not. But it's going to break you in the sense of like, it's gonna make you start asking, well, why am I trying? Like, what, what is my reason? What is my rhyme? Like, why did I wake up today? Why did I put the effort in? Why, why do I care? It's like, 
it's like at the end of the day, you're doing it because you love it, because it makes your heart sore. You're doing it because this thing that you found in this world, when you wake up, it's the first thing you think about. When you brush your teeth, it's the first thing you think about. When you're out and about, you have glimmers of thoughts of it. When you're hanging out with friends, you wanna go back and do it. That is the hunger that I need people to have. I need you to have. I love when people are that hungry because it makes me hungry too. It makes me hungry. And I know I said don't leverage your success with other people, but leverage your hunger, yes, absolutely. I completely believe you should leverage your hunger with hungry people. Because when you leverage your hunger with hunger, actually, let me, Go backwards first. If you had leveraged your hunger with hungry people and you're at the bottom, it's fine because your mentality is going to be different. Your perspective is going to be different. Someone at the bottom who's at the bottom and they're still hungry is going to think to themselves, this is proof that I need to work harder. This is proof I'm not giving my all. This is the world that I want to be in. This is the world that I want to join, right? someone who leveraged their success with everyone else in that position is going to think to themselves, well, this is proof that I need to stop. This is proof that I need to give up. This is proof that it's time to pack my bags. Because hungry people keep going. People who do things because they won, they give up when they lose. You see it all the time. You see young kids all the time who are really good at sports at a certain level. Maybe it was you know, intercity level, city, you know, regionals, nationals, or whatever have you. And then they get to the level that really starts to matter and they just find out that they're average. And a lot of them are average at the highest level, which is an amazing place to be, but because their mentality for why they do things came from winning, instead of sitting down and training, instead of sitting down and training that, they're like, well, I guess this is the end of the road because they never had to put in but so much training to see positive results. And now they're in a world where they're dead smack in the middle. They're gonna have to claw their way to the top to be back where they just were, one level down, one performance tier down, and they don't have it in them, right? It's why I, I always tell these people, interestingly enough, if you follow sports, a lot of the really, really good players, they weren't the highest draft picks. They weren't the ones people were really looking at. Like, uh, Stephen Curry is a great example. He was not a top pick. He was not a top pick at all. Um, and now he is the greatest shooter in the history of the league. And top picks all the time go down in flames. And a lot of times, it's not even really the top pick's fault but it's the the culture around the top pick that destroys them it's everyone always telling them you're doing great and never really giving them criticism never calling them out never telling them that they're overdoing it because sometimes it's not even like they are underdoing it and they're just being given more credit sometimes they're overdoing it and no one says anything until they get hurt and that's really common if you follow sports there are so many top three top five draft picks basketball soccer every year almost there are some almost every year projected picks who get hurt because everyone's hyping them up. Yeah, do that dunk, do that cut, do that drive. But no one is asking them, yo, why do you use your knee buckle here a little bit? Why do you land funny? Nobody's calling that out. No one's saying, man, you should change your game a little bit, right? A lot of people argue there's a player called Derrick Rose had one of the greatest uh, rookie interests to the NBA of all time. A lot of people argue 
If he wasn't getting played the way he was getting played, he wouldn't have been injured. But Derrick Rose was getting played for some nasty wild minutes and it transitioned into his body just having constant fatigue and you know, eventually he went for a play, he didn't have anything left in him, he didn't land right, bah, blew up everything in his leg. Achilles, an RDL, tendon, everything just wow. And you know, that's a great example of a top player, a top draft pick who was putting in all that heart and effort but no one was there to check him and say, hey man, slow down a little bit. They were encouraging him. And that's, again, back to the flame. You don't want too much, you don't want too little. You kind of want it to be just right, like the three little bears. Not too much, not too little, just right. You feel me? So like, it's so much easier said than done, but like, it's definitely doable. And when you get there, when you learn to temper your flame, when you sharpen your sword to the right edge and the point, I promise you, you're gonna be so much happier. And you know, this isn't something that's gendered at all, to be clear, like, I know it took me 24 minutes to get to that point, but I feel like I'm using a lot of like male-based terms. So like, but I'm also a guy, so you know, that's a perspective that I'm pulling from. But um, to be clear, this is a problem that I think everyone has. You know, whether you're ballerina, you know, whether you are a loctician, nail tech and stuff like that, I just see a lot of girls who do that. I'm not saying that only girls can do that, but I see a lot of girls who do it. Um, whether you're a nurse is a good example, right? My school is like 90% women and like nursing is the biggest department. Um, all of that competition still comes into play. You know, I see all the time clinicals, right? Where nurses are tired or they feel the need to overperform and they mess up and like patients die or get hurt or grievously injured. And it's like, it didn't happen because they're women. It happened because they're tired. It didn't happen because they're a nurse. It happened because they're overworked. You know what I mean? Maybe there's not enough nurses in the field. Maybe there's too many in the competition too high. Like there's so many different reasons is my point that like you can accidentally overstoke or understoke your flame. You know, another important thing here, and I know this sounds silly, but like, get rest. Like, please get some fucking sleep. Like, I try not to cuss on here too often, but like, no, I gotta emphasize that one. I am guilty of this too, but I don't, I do not care how hard it is. Take your ass to bed. You know, try to get eight hours a day. I mean, you're going to feel different. I promise you. I usually get a little bit too much sleep quite frankly. But the too much sleep that I get is a lot better than the too little sleep a lot of y'all get. You know, I see people all the time talking about, oh, I'm so tired, I feel so low energy. My my brother and sister in Christ, you slept five hours on a busy day. What are we talking about? But like, I know it sounds funny, but like for real, for real, like the sleep thing is so crucial. Like, and please eat a healthy, balanced diet. I know that's not always easy. I'm not dumb. I grew up in the trenches. I lived in a car. I know how dark it gets. But just try. Try your best. Trust me, your body's gonna appreciate it. And there are definitely some ways to finesse on the low. But if you need advice on that, DM me because I promise you, I can put you on. But if I say it here, 
my worried like Google is gonna hear this because you know they can actually see the transcript. I didn't know this until today, but they can see the transcript of your podcast, and I feel like they're gonna like be like, guys, guys, shut this down because it's helping people. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where like if you know, you know, and if you don't know, I'll put you on, but I also can't loudly put you on. You feel me? So, anyways, um. As I say, right, sleep and eat is super important for that. But after sleeping and eating, it's also just mental war. You got to be able to, like, really respect the fact that you're going to be wrong a lot. When you're when you're stoking that flame, that inspiration, when you have that dog in you and you're, you know, letting it out, you have to be able to accept self-criticism. Um, that's going to be super important in there. And a lot of people think they can do that. But I promise you, I absolutely promise you it's not as easy as it sounds. When you're sitting there and you really need to like, and I don't mean, I don't mean criticize yourself because you're angry. Anybody can rag on themselves when they're angry or having a bad day. No, I mean, you are sitting down and you are objectively breaking what you did down wrong, why you did it was wrong, how you did it was wrong, what you could have done better. And it's going to eat at you. It's going to hurt your feelings. If you did it right, your skin is going to get very, very thick from external you know, opinions. You'll still be able to hear what people have to say, but your skin is going to get thicker. Uh, recently, I had a situation like that. Um, I heard what someone had to say, and I didn't like it, but I did see some truth and wisdom in it, so I respected it a lot. And uh, to that person, to that person, I really appreciate them as a human being, um, for sure, for sure. Um, but past that right i think i think i've delivered most of what i wanted to say about this topic like i could definitely say more at this point we're gonna try something different we're gonna actually just talk about some bs for a little bit because i feel like there should probably be a little bit more to this than just hey guys listen this is what you should be doing in life um you know i'm about to graduate which is really cool um, one more semester after this, ah, man, I'm super excited. Like, y'all don't understand. It's been a long, long, long road. I never thought I'd be here, but like, we we did it. I say we did it like we're done, but like we did it. We did it. You know, I'm locking in. We did it. You know what I mean? Um, I cut off my locks. For any of y'all who know me, I cut off my locks. Um, I feel better. I needed to start over for sure. Part of that was actually part of my mental battle with this whole finding my dog in me. I got too comfortable, locks and all that. I just felt like who that person was needed to go. So I cut those off so I could get more militant. Um, I, like I said, don't be too militant, but I need to get more militant. Um, I've been, like I said, cut's been going well. Um, low key, not a vegan. I've been eating meat still, but like kind of low key, really dropping meat out of my diet um way more than i ever did not because like i don't like meat and i'm still eating like compared to the average person way more meat than they're gonna be eating for like protein sake but like compared to the meat that i was eating like i'm probably cutting down to like a one-fifth of the amount of meat i was consuming a lot of vegetables and rice are coming in lately <sighs> i'm looking for an internship right now i have one i'm already doing for my history program but I need to get another one for criminal justice. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, outside of that, yeah, I just got some roller skates. I'm really big into skating. I haven't done it in a long time. My mom used to take me skating. I used to skate on my own. Uh, my mom could skate her ass off. 
I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. And that's not like a low key humble. No, no, I'm just okay. I'm very average. Um, but I will be fixing that. No, like I'm going every week. Um, I'm not joking. Like I might even go work there just to get in for free, but I'm going there and I'm like, I'm about to tear it up. I promise you. So, <laughs> um, I felt like it was important to start adding stuff like this because maybe, you know, I want more interaction. That's the thing, right? Like people tell me the podcast is good, but I'm not really looking to hear that it's good um, at all. Actually, I don't I do care if it's good, you know, because the message is delivered better. But the point is just the message gets delivered. It could be hot ass. And as long as the message is delivered, it's like whatever. Right. Um, I kind of like want to reach out to people because like the whole reason I made the podcast is because I couldn't talk to everybody at once. And while I feel like I've done that right proper at the same time like I want people to get comfortable enough to come to me because they're like hey I heard your podcast and I wanted to talk to you and hey you know I like your thoughts or hey I disagree with this and let's let's have that conversation like okay you disagree with it let me hear your thoughts like because I'm not always right I mean I'm not gonna lie these podcasts are probably always right but like that's not the point that's not the point in real life I'm not always right but this is different you know you get to sit down Think about your thoughts, really mull them over, you know, write them down and do what you need to do and then come back to them and really, you know, streamline them. So it's like it's very hard to be wrong about stuff like this, and especially since it's kind of opinionated. Also, how can you really be wrong about opinions? But the opportunity is there for me to be wrong. So if someone wants to be like, I don't like what you had to say. Then, like, let me hear it, man. Like, please. Um, but yeah, like, understand that, like. Even if you don't know me, you can talk to me. I do not care. I do not care. You know, I speak English. I speak Spanish pretty well. I'm learning another language right now. So we ain't got to have a language barrier. You know what I mean? If more people from different languages come to me, I will sit down and learn your language. It might take me a long, long while because I'm busy, but I'll be damned if I'm not going to get it down pat eventually. Right. Um, Because that's the kind of person I am. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like a lot of the updates. I mean, I've been playing this game called The First Ascended. That that joint is fun. And I've been working on music, a little alternative R&B stuff. So, you know, that might get released. That might just get released. But outside of that, it's been wavy. I need to teach myself the piano. If y'all got any tips or advice, I'd love that. I've always played it by ear, but I'm trying to learn it traditionally. So that would be nice to hear some uh, techniques I could develop. But... Um, man, you know, I appreciate the fact that every month this pulls money out of my account to remind me that I'm hosting it because, you know, it gives me a reason to be like, oh, man, I should definitely go make an episode. Right. Um, So I usually get an episode at least once a month. Usually I know it's been like two or three months since the last one for this. I I think it might have actually only been like a month or two. So we might be good. But like, yeah, I saw the four ninety nine like two or three days ago. It's not a lot. I said, I don't trip on it. Um. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I should definitely go and do that. Um, also, side note, more of y'all should do stuff like this. I think a lot of people have stuff that they want to talk about and say, but a lot of y'all are afraid because, you know, it's like, oh, who's going to listen? Well, this shit does really well, actually. A lot of people listen, like a lot of people, like so many people that sometimes it's stressful. And you might say, oh, well, you got a voice for it or you're going to be successful. But like, I don't buy that. I think people are way more willing to listen to your thoughts than you realize. And 
and I'll admit, not everyone has the voice or the you know ability to speak on a podcast, but you have something that you can do, right? So stop being so afraid to get out there and go do something. And I know we were talking about the dog in you that sparked that passion, but you know, I completely glanced over a really important thing too. All that dog spark passion, but you still need something that you want to go do. You still need the dream, the goal, the hobby, the chase, the creative, like, Go do that shit. Stop making it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Make it today, today, today. I told myself I was gonna make this podcast. It started getting late. I said, I'm not capping, I'm making it. It is, you know, 12 a.m. and I have class tomorrow. You know, when I finish this, I'm literally rolling into my bed. I'm literally rolling into my bed, but I got it done. I'll be damned if I didn't get it done. So like, just go do that, man. You wanna design something? Go design it. You're an artist, go do art. You're a culinary, cook something. I don't care what time of day it is, cook something. Go get better. You know, you're a runner, go run right now. Go outside, run. Like, check yourself. Like, it's just, listen, most people are destined to be great. I think the average person can be great, but I think the average person has to believe they can be great first. So the question is, how are you gonna get there? That's the question. How are you gonna get there? I'll probably start making these podcasts a little longer because it's honestly really easy for me to talk for more than 30 minutes. Um, even now, I feel like I cut it short, truthfully. I guess I'm still going, so it's just really cutting it short. But like, <laughs> I start showing more personality too because I feel like I just be talking to y'all, like, hey, here's what I learned today, teach me something. Like, nah, I should definitely start talking to y'all more, like, hey, you know, this is who David really is. So, um, after the 30 minute mark, I might just kind of go into that from now on, you know, 30 minutes of, hey, this is what I learned today. Now share something with me. And then after that, it's just like, hey, let's really freestyle it real quick. Let's chop it up and like go crazy because um, the message is given better. I think it, it seeps in better when the person is a real person. And also at the same time, like I think people want to hear people that they're intimate with. So I'm definitely definitely going to work on that for when I do make these episodes more consistent allegedly um outside of that oh you know what you know this is really important to talk about because halloween is coming up and i want to like look out for people i would like to remind everybody that during halloween people do not know how to act so women please please for the love of god have self-defense items on you when you're going to your car this these are tips i give my sister so please listen um when you're going to your car Look around you, um, look behind you before you actually officially turn into your car. Please, please I promise you that can save your life. Um, and when you do get in your car, do it quickly. Do it very quickly. Um, always check to see if it was unlocked first. Uh, I definitely, please, please check to see if it was unlocked first because someone could be in it. I don't want to scare y'all, but like Halloween specifically is just like kind of like a day of a lot of bad shit happening. Um, whether or not it's because of spiritual reasons or, you know, the moon or whatever, or the theme or the culture, who knows, but a lot of bad shit happened. So I try to warn people on that day, um, to the men don't drink too much. Don't overindulge. Don't be a weirdo. I know women can be weirdos too, but like, it's easier to just like separate these messages. Um, be careful of what you take. Definitely, you know, record overdoses on Halloween on a regular annual basis. Um, you know, not all candy is candy, man. Not all party favors are party favors. Some are like party finitors, you know? You're done, you're cooked, you know what I mean? 
you're, you know, you think you're taking a gun drop. Now you're taking a heart stop. You know what I mean? Like I'm laughing, but like dead ass. Um, and I remember t- to my people of color, if you're going to wear an outfit, try to wear something where you can easily take off the mask because you know, you know, how you know, these government officials who drive in cars be not going to say their name, but you know how it get down sometimes. So don't give them any reason, man. Just like, hey, be able to take it off real quick so they can look at the whites of your eyes and not act up. But uh, outside of that, because that's just the Halloween spooky season. I mean, go have fun for sure if I don't see y'all by then, but I'll probably see y'all by then. Um, enjoy yourselves. Don't. Don't stress. Don't stress. Just enjoy yourselves. Now, do remember, don't buy up all the candy because when Halloween is over, I will be going in and going crazy on my $1 bags of candy. So please chill out on me. Um, try to make somebody's day. Try to make somebody's day. Compliment people. Not just Halloween, but on a regular basis. Tell someone they look nice. Tell someone that you think they're a lovely person. You know, Compliment something that they do about them. Their energy, the way they talk. You pick something. Um... Put yourself first, but like also remember to uplift people. Uplifting is like probably the most important thing we can do as people, right? Treat yourself well, and then all things will come after, but treat others well too, because how you treat other people is a reflection of you. I think we can call it there. Now, I think I figured out this is a better formula. Let's let's try to keep it more conversational. I like this. I like this a lot, right? Um, just have a good night. Whenever y'all hear this, I don't know what I'm going to be uploading it. It's done, right? But like you have to upload it. You don't know when it gets done. It's a whole thing. Anyways, signing out is David at the Life Jacket in the Ocean podcast. Please share it when you hear it. Subscribe, like, comment, um, do all the little fancy buttons. Um, for sure, share. That's super cool. You share it. I will know you shared it and I will love you. I will love you anyway, but like I super appreciate that because like I do put time into this and I do want to know that people are helping me get it out there. I know it's my job to get it out there, but you know, it takes a village, right? So be a part of that village. So because I'm not asking for anything else. I ask for no money. I guess I'm technically asking for your time, but like I'm doing it in a way that I hope is beneficial. You know what I mean? But look, it's all love. Let me take my ass to bed, yo.